Good morning. It's so great to see everybody here this morning, especially all these children. It's wonderful having you here at the service with us. Let's stand up and sing together. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Okay, we're good. Well, this is good because we're doing a little switcheroo and we got plenty of time now. Everything's going great. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day and this opportunity to come here and worship together, Lord. And thank you for just the comfort that we feel when we are here and just to feel your presence, Lord, around us as we gather together to worship your name. Lord, be with us as we worship you, and be with us for the rest of the week. In your name I pray. Amen.
Children, come forward and join us for a few moments of sharing. Everyone else, turn and greet your neighbors. Good morning. All right. Mother's Day just passed. Father's Day is coming up. And these are all very special people in your family, aren't they? Yeah. All right. One yes. Okay. All right. Well, do you know that God has also given you a very large family right here at church? Look out there. All of those guys are your family members through Christ. That's pretty exciting. When you were baptized here in the Methodist Church, everyone out there has promised that we will nurture you, set an example for you through love and forgiveness, and that you may grow to trust and love God. That's our job as well, to help your moms and dads. Well, we have some very special people in our church family that have taken this promise very seriously. They have volunteered to show you God's love by teaching you in Sunday school. And guess what? Some of them, it scared them. I don't know why. Look at your angelic faces, but... They still stepped up, and they did it. So right now, we would like to recognize these special people. And if they are here today, I would like you to stand up so we can recognize you. And we have a little something for them after we say our prayer. And you're going to go back and see Miss Katie, and you'll help deliver this little thank you to them, okay? Well, we'll find out. All right. And if I mispronounce your name, I'm sorry. I tell children all the time it's, I just pronounce it different because of my accent, so go with that. All right. We have Marnie Dumas, Jessica Major, Candy Staden, Wayne and Shaney. I'm not even going to try your last name. Susanna Clute, Ann Culberson, Ra Rochelle Foster, Carol Scudder, Ashley Hansen, Mitch and Tamara Merrill, Jocelyn Kiefer, Mary Lee, Katie Lavender, Kenan Brannon, Dave Hudson, Joy Hudson, Tim Driscoll, Sh Sherry Williams, Kim Shannon, Corey Connect, Gretchen, all right, this is a doozy for me, Humrick House, I probably mispronounced that. Harriet Johnson and Betsy Four. And we just want to extend our gratitude for you helping out with our children. They're a very important part. And if you guys will remain standing so the kids can come and give you a little something after we say our prayer. Dear Lord, 
We want to thank you for our church family. We thank you for the members who answered the call to teach us in Sunday school all about your love. Amen. Make sure we get one for Rochelle, because she's babysitting Kelly's children today. One of them is sick, Caroline. So we have to help each other out around here. It's good to see everybody. Glad that you're here for this uh, hour of worship. And we invite you to continue to be with us today through other activities. Sunday school at 10 o'clock and our uh, traditional worship service at 11 um, we hope that you will be back to worship with us many, many future weeks. <clears throat> Let's see, let me give you an opportunity to share some prayer concerns that you have. Um, if you would like to share something with us this morning that you would like me to openly share, and we join you in prayer, if you lift your hand, we'll get you a card, an index card, and if you'll write something down that I can repeat, uh, we will be glad to share your prayer concern um, and join you in your prayers. <clears throat> a couple of announcements. Um, for one, the Council on Ministries meeting for today, there's just too much going on today. So we're going to postpone that. There's a 90th birthday party <laughs> and there's the uh, activity for the children later on. So those of you that are members of the Council on Ministries, stay tuned for further details. We will not be meeting today. Tonight, children, tonight is your last Sunday night program of the spring semester. Be here, please, from 5.30 to 7 for the end of the semester party. Party, okay. So uh, we will look forward to that. Also, sign up today for Vacation Bible School. Join us June 5 through 9 from 6 in the evening to 7.45 at the Shake It Up Cafe where kids carry out God's recipe. Uh, you may register at the cafe table in the back or uh, online at greerchurch.com. We ask you to please register today so we can get an idea about our materials, make sure we have uh, plenty of that. Are there other announcements that we need to share? Um, Andy and Corey are away from us today along with Jocelyn. Jocelyn. I knew a Jocelyn song. Jocelyn. Uh, they're at a beach retreat. Um, did uh, Stephen go to? Stephen Kinnett also. Um, down at Myrtle Beach. So they'll be driving back. And next time Andy's gone, somebody please remember that Larry Smith can play the guitar. <clears throat> I don't have to tell her that, but once. <laughs> if you've got your prayer cards finished, would you lift them up so we can uh, collect those now? Are there others? I see some others coming. <clears throat> It's not that I mind playing, but when I hear Andy and Larry and others that know how to play, play, I say, put my guitar away, please. No comparison. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. 
Lord, we thank you for this day. We do thank you for our teachers who help us at Sunday school. We also give you thanks for those mentors of ours who guided us along with our parents when we were young and who led us into your path and your ways. And we pray your blessings upon their continued work and upon us as we would mentor those coming into discipleship after us. And these, O oh Lord, are our prayers, special prayers for this day. We pray for family members who are seeking jobs. We pray for Jake's improvement as he attends speech therapy. We pray for Mel Melanie, um, who was in a car accident, and for Luke Hall uh, for his health. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We ask you, O oh Lord, to be with and to touch Della, Bell, and family and friends now that she is home and with hospice. Lord, these are our special prayers this day through Jesus Christ who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The pastor and the pasture. Andy said all kind of ideas came into his mind when he saw that sermon title. But uh, I want to begin this morning, um, before reading scripture, to, to just tell you a little bit about my frame of mind um, because I'm finding it's impacting me a little bit today. The Internet's a wonderful thing. You can find out all kind of things, and sometimes you find things at inopportune times. Um, I've been trying to find long-lost old friends, and I found one last night. Um, someone who was a counselor to us during our college years, um, she picked up the phone one day and called me and said, there's a gal over at Converse College named Penny who needs a ride somewhere. And the rest, as they say, is history. Um, I found that dear friend's obituary last night. Um, been hard to get that out of my mind. Um, maybe you've got somebody in your past you need to be looking for before it's too late, as it is in my case. Um, mentors of the faith who helped you be where you are today, um, who are leaving us all too quickly if you're my age and uh, uh, entering into that life immortal. But um, anyway, that's on my heart and mind today. From John chapter 10, we hear these words. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber <clears throat> the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought 
out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me, me will be saved. He will come, and come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Here ends the lesson. Ain't that cute? Sometimes I tell you folks a joke and you don't get it. Let me rephrase that. Very often I tell you folks a joke and you don't get it. What's even worse, sometimes I preach a sermon and you don't get it. You don't, you don't understand it because perhaps I'm not as clear as I should be. In John 10, we see Jesus attempting to teach his disciples something about the church. The church that he was working through them to form. And in verse 6, we're told Jesus used this figure of speech. But they did not understand what he was telling them. So even Jesus sometimes had to back up and start over with his illustrations because those that he was trying to communicate with were not catching on. In verses 7 through 11, he retells his metaphor, trying to help them understand, and he really enjoyed that idea of the sheep, so he sticks with that. I guess if I'm going to follow Jesus' example today, I will end my sermon by asking if you understood, and if you said no, then I'll go another 20 minutes. Um, that, that you might understand me. Is anybody here in the mood for a fort? Never mind, I won't ask that question. Um, Jesus was a master at seeing life, uh, lessons for life going on all around him. Whenever he saw something right there in life that inspired him, he shared that inspiration with his disciples. God's kingdom is like a farmer who is scattering soil all over the place, uh, scattering seeds all over the place in all kinds of different soils. Not every seed comes up, but a lot of them do, so we'll just keep on scattering the good news. God's kingdom is like a little tiny mustard seed that starts out very small and later becomes the largest of all the shrubs. It is like a merchant that we saw the other day who was looking for priceless pearls. You remember when he found one that was especially valuable? He went off and sold everything that he had. Oops. Uh, that's the little bitty mustard seeds on the left column there. Uh, he sold everything that he had to get that one pearl of, of great price. And like some of you fishermen who cast your nets and catch all kinds of fish. That's what the kingdom is going to be like. One day as he was traveling along, he saw sheep following their shepherd. 
And again, he saw something that he could use as an example. The sheep were kept safe at night by being corralled in a pen. They entered into a place of rest and comfort after a day's work. There would always be some uh, robbers and rustlers who would try to climb in over the wall to steal the sheep. And so the watchman shepherd had to remain alert in order to protect his sheep. But when the day duty shepherd came in the morning, he would be recognized by the gatekeeper and by the sheep and allowed into the pen. The shepherd knows each of the sheep by their name and he leads them out to safe pasture. Because the sheep know the voice of the shepherd, they don't stray off from the flock following some stranger. What a wonderful example, Jesus thought. His disciples then and now were like sheep who needed him to be their shepherd. The word pastor means shepherd. And the good pastor would lead us to good pastures. Dangers were all around us. There's always someone who's trying to take advantage of our gullibility and innocence to lead us astray. There are get-rich schemers who would misguide us and false teachers who really don't care what they say, who just want to gain some of their followers. And they would fill our minds with meaningless things. But Jesus' sheep would so know his voice and would follow him only, not following false teachers. The shepherd would lead them to a place of safety and rest at night and out to a place to a pasture during the day. Is that clear to you disciples? Peter? John? No? Well, let me try again. So Jesus backed up and started over. But he still liked that sheep shepherd illustration. Jesus had noticed that the shepherd who was on night duty would corral the sheep and then he would sleep right there at the opening to the pen. Do you see the opening right there? Um, in essence, the shepherd became the gate. To get out, the sheep would either have to step over the shepherd or jump, and they couldn't over the rock wall. And to get in to steal a sheep, the easiest way would be for a thief or a wild animal to come and step over that shepherd. And in those cases, Whatever came into the pen would be literally coming in over the shepherd's dead body because as long as he had life, he would defend his sheep. Jesus said, I am like that shepherd who functions also like a gate. I am willing to put my life on the line for my sheep and it's only by me that sheep may enter the pen and all others who would harm the sheep will be kept out. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so that the sheep may have life in full measure. Well, perhaps that second time around, the disciples better understood Jesus' metaphor. First of all, Jesus claimed to be the one and only gatekeeper. He and he alone gets to decide which sheep come into his pen. He didn't see the need to form a committee to interview sheep to check on their worthiness, or to get the other sheep to vote before accepting a new sheep into the pen. 
If a sheep recognized the shepherd's voice, it was allowed to enter the pen. Now, most human organizations have a list of things that you must agree with before you're allowed to join it. There are some church groups that have a long list of requirements that you must meet before you can become a member of that church. Now, I'm all in favor of lofty requirements for leadership positions in the church. I don't think you would want just anybody teaching your children or anybody to be your pastor or a church officer. And even in the early church, there were pretty strict requirements for a person to be a deacon or an elder. Perhaps that is what Jesus was alluding to when he said that the night watchman uh, would keep the thieves out, but who recognizes true shepherds. But to be a part of the fellowship of the church, all one ever has had to do was be to call on the name of the shepherd. Jesus is Lord, is the only requirement to join a church. Jesus is still the only gate that you have to go through to belong to the church universal, the holy Catholic church we always say we believe in. And I am so thankful that Jesus opens the gate to wandering sheep like me and that all this sheep needed to do was to tell the good shepherd that I really needed him. There are dangers all around us. The shepherd boy David told King David, that there were many times when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock and he had to go out after that wild beast. When he struck the lion or the bear, the sheep would be rescued from the mouth of the beast and then the beast would turn its fury on the shepherd. And then David said, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. That's why he said he wasn't afraid of Goliath. That's just another big beast out there. There are some real dangers in the world. There is the thief, Satan, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy our lives, our health, our happiness, and even our souls if we let him. Therefore, I am also glad that Jesus is the good shepherd who, like David, was willing to put his life on the line for his sheep. Anybody could say, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. But not many people have ever done that. Jesus did. He didn't just talk about lying down at the gate of the corral and keeping the sheep safe. He took our place at the gate of death on the cross, dying for our sins, descending into hell to deposit our sins there once and for all. He is indeed our good shepherd. But Jesus also routinely puts us first in his life when we either wander off or get snatched by lions or bears in life. He comes to us to defeat our enemies and to rescue us time and time again from temptations and sins. I had a good friend who was a, a missionary to Mexico that's not a missionary to Mexico, obviously. I'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> but he was a missionary to Mexico back in the 70s. And uh, he told that there were times when his converts would stray off the straight and narrow. A friend of his who was also a missionary would start pacing back and forth across the floor. And finally his friend would say, come on, let's go and clean Manuel's plow. 
That was the missionary's way of saying that as we plow the fields of life, clearing the weeds from our garden, inevitably some dirt sticks to the plow. Or said another way, as we live for Jesus in this world of sin, inevitably some temptations and sins will stick to us sometimes. Poor Manuel was a former alcoholic who usually did okay, but every now and then he would fall off the wagon, as we say. And so the missionaries would go down to visit Manuel and convince him that it was time to pour all his whiskey down the drain. They would clean his plow. Jesus comes to us when we stray from the sheepfold. He's always willing to clean our plows, again giving himself and his time for us. And if you need him today, the Lord is here to clean your plow. The sheep pen or the corral is like a church, a place to gather for rest and nurture. We come to the church for spiritual rest to hear again the words of the Good Shepherd so that we can learn what his voice sounds like. Many difficulties in life can be avoided by learning the character and wisdom of our Good Shepherd's voice. Young sheep have a chance to fellowship with older, wiser sheep who can impart their wisdom to us. You young sheep are missing out on blessings if you're not taking time to talk with some of the older sheep in this pen. And you older sheep are letting us down if you think that it's time to quit offering your wisdom of life experiences to the younger sheep. Then after this time of nurture, the shepherd leads us back out into the fields of service in his name. There are so many pastures of service in today's world. You can go on short-term mission work both in this country and outside of this country, whereby you can help for a week or two to repair some homes. There are people much closer to home who need love and service. The thief never stops coming to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. This has been the most un unbelievable 18 months around the world in terms of tornadoes and floods and earthquakes. And all of these have given us ample opportunities to help our neighbors in various places. Right here in Greer, there are people who look to things like our soup kitchen, Greer Community Ministries, and Greer Relief just to survive every day. Teaching Sunday school, singing in the choir, there are many wonderful pastures of service right here in the church. The toughest pasture right here at the church involves diapers, but somebody's got to do it. Those little bitty sheep need some love and care, and that's about the only way they know to receive love and care is with some food, water, and diaper change. Some of you might find a pasture of service right there. Jesus is the gate to the church. Whoever enters through him will be saved and will come in for rest and go out again to find pastures of service. Jesus is all about giving us meaningful life. He gives us life with the quality of abundance and fullness now and in the world to come. That's a great thing to remember. Jesus does not come to load us down with burdens and guilts and requirements. 
He comes to lift the burdens off of our backs. He is the good shepherd who has given his life for his sheep and who lives for us and with us today. How blessed we are to be his sheep and belong to his fold. Amen. I invite you to stand as we affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated and let us now worship God uh, as we give.
Let's stand and sing together. Now this is another hymn, but I promise the words are on the screen. <laughs> forth in peace, thankful that you belong to the good shepherd who gave his life for you and that he will lead you into a place of nurture and out to pastures of service.
a great week.